Hello and welcome to the Master Miyari podcast. The brothers are back. Max Kessling, Fraser Kessling, and we have a guest on the podcast, Tyler Davis. Tyler, how are you doing? Hello, I am good. Glad to be here. Tyler's been a longtime Patreon subscriber, so we thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, Fraser, how are you doing? Doing excellent on this fine Tuesday, like middle of night now because it gets dark super early still but Mm -hmm. doing excellent good all right so we wanted to have tyler on because he is in buffalo he is a part of bill's mafia he came onto the podcast uh and he goes uh hey max should i change for the podcast i go you can wear whatever you want you know this is not going to be online he's like okay good it wasn't for anyone else it was just for you guys so tyler please describe what you're wearing today oh i mean i'm fit check I'm bleeding red and blue today, you know? I mean, I got, I've got my Zubas. I've got my, my Kyle Williams jersey with my holiday sweater over it. My division champs hat, spoiler alert. Um, that'll probably be something we talk about. I've got my Zubas beanie over it. I mean, come on. You got to rep. You got to rep the boys. You so, went bottom up like a true fit check <clears throat> champion. So I applaud you for the absolute proper fit check uh protocol so great on you definitely awesome outfit (laughs) yeah i did my homework what's the uh grace piece of like bill's gear you've seen is there any like ridiculous bills gear you've seen before oh yeah i mean for sure the actually the most ridiculous piece that i own or even my favorite piece that i own um i have overalls bills overalls that are like (laughs) you know burlap or whatever um that are an amazing game day uh, piece because you know you you go and it's, it's three degrees out usually and uh you know there's a foot of snow that's going to come down during the game so you got to get your layers in you got to stay warm and and the overalls man they do it they do it big time straight canvas like <laughs> exactly. carhartt yeah yeah no, that car- yeah like carhartt that's yeah sick. it is and it's legit like they've got a chest pocket you can slip your phone in there there's a fly on them because you know if you're doing tailgating right you're going to need to operate that every now and then that's awesome those gotta be great for tailgating i wonder what the tailgating scene was like this weekend because i know fans were back at the stadium first time bills fans were able to see stefan diggs um pretty interesting to have a crowd there finally um do you know anything it was like down there um i don't particularly but i do know all the lots were closed um so i don't think there was a lot of tailgating and all of the um we're still in in erie county we're still in like yellow or orange zone or whatever one of those stupid colors and uh so even the local restaurants like they couldn't have dine-in so i I really honestly i don't think there was much of a scene which is a bit of a disappointment i'm sure for everybody who's down there but Mm -hmm. the game must have been pretty cool to actually see as fans a playoff game and a playoff win that had a pretty pretty good atmosphere i bet there yeah for sure but they can't i mean in typical bill's fashion they can't even just like win and not give everybody a heart attack <laughs> that was crazy yeah. yeah that's true leave it to the bills to finally win a playoff game the one fucking year that we can't riot <laughs> i know i know would there been a riot like if it was last year uh yeah i mean i, I don't know about riot but there's it would have been a <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> Like even last year when we lost down in Houston, and that's one of the things that you kind of lose, like not that I don't want home playoff games because home playoff games are fucking amazing. But now, you know, in this season, when you can't have a crowd, 
um, away playoff games kind of don't really matter. And like last year you saw when we lost and when the plane came back from Houston, there was like multiple thousands of people that went out to the airport to give them like a loser's parade. So, you know, you can only imagine what it would have been like for a winning situation. Um, so, so I know Tyler, you're biased, but Fraser, I got a question for you. Uh, do you think Bill's Mafia is the best fan base in the NFL? Um, best on what scale? Your scale. Um, <laughs> nice cop. We're all gonna have different <laughs> grades. Like that's. I think Go they're a it. ravenous. I think they're a ravenous fan group. Right. They're very passionate. They're typically very well informed about their team. So I really appreciate that. Um, I don't always love the manner that Bills fans <laughs> have shown that they will conduct themselves. I am I hate confrontation. So any fights is too many fights for me. And uh there just happen to be too many fights at that stadium. But I think as far as like a, you know, everyday fan, super passionate. I don't know what else you could really ask for. They're like a super loyal. Um, they're a great fan. I will put them up there for sure, mm -hmm. but I don't really know how to grade. Like if you want to grade on like pure passion, they're like certainly number one or two. I don't know what you're going to rank it, but they're up there. That's interesting that you, um, I mean, obviously like Max said, I'm biased and I've also been to like a ton of games. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder or was, I, I wasn't this past year, but um, for multiple years. And so I probably, I obviously have a very different perspective. I'm, I'm uh, surprised that you uh, have that viewpoint of like, you know, seeing fights and stuff like that. Cause that's not really been my experience. That's great. I don't know. I just feel like the, the couple of times I've been there, I've seen a fair amount. Maybe like the one game I went to most recently was a Raiders game and it was a cold <laughs> game. Oh, so see, maybe that's, that's, that that's not open. That's not. <laughs> hey, hey. Listen. I don't know. Yeah. That, maybe that it just has to do with my a little bit. fear of big crowds, but I don't know. For whatever reason, haven't. There is a level of rowdiness, though. You have to agree mm. to the Bills fans. Like, I do think that the breaking of tables is just an outrageous behavior. <laughs> it's so yeah. crazy. Like, no one's even on the table most of the time to like, you know, like a wrestling move where you break it on somebody. You know what I mean? No one's there. You're just volunteering your body to get hurt for like no reason. Yeah, I don't understand why it gets people hyped. Like it doesn't make sense to me. That in particular is a very weird thing. Like it's very like overly masculine and aggro and like a little bit too much. <laughs> Super but, aggro. Um, every, everything else I kind of like, I mean like even, you know, this is kind of like a mortal sin, but I have gone with a tailgrading group that included a Patriots fan in it. Um, I, know, I know, I know. It hurts me too. Um, but like, you know, and that, the, the response that I see to that is like, you know, we've been there and like people walk by and be like, Hey, fuck you. Now have a beer though. Like, and that's kind of like the vibe that it usually yeah. is where it's like, let me get my fuck you in, but then like, okay, we'll play slip cup or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That's kind of why I was a little bit surprised of, of Frazier's take, but I'm sure, I mean, like large crowds, alcohol, you know, there's always, something going stupid but i mean um, we only know a couple of people that have been kicked from bills games like only a few you know it's not that yeah. many <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i potentially have gone with people who have gotten arrested at bills games but so that you know there's something <laughs> behind it <laughs> it's not totally uh out of nowhere I, only, I guess i just compare it to like green bay like i don't know like what the like they just are from what i have understood like a less 
abrasive <laughs> maybe fan base i guess is a better way to say it opposed to like mean or hate it's like abrasive i guess i would say because you're right a lot of times they would say fuck you and then like you know they would have a beer and hang out and it's like a good time but some people don't take that well you know what i mean like no, it's totally. the same thing i've noticed in boston like people will be like I was walking around with a hockey jersey. And some guy was like, nice shirt. And I was like, thanks. He's like, just good. Fuck you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. So I guess that's, you can't end with the fuck you. You got, no, you know, no, you that, end yeah. Start with, with the fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it was just like, so I do get it, but I just, um, yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think, I think comparing it to Green Bay is really apt because. I think both of those fan bases, I think like when Max's original question, like, are they the best fan base? I think they're one of the most unique because like, if you go to New York, like I'm sure there's people who are like more hardcore Yankees fans than like 90% of people who are Bill fans here, but you have so many other things in New York, right? Like in Buffalo, you have this one thing or two, I guess if you include the Sabres, but there's so much cross between those two fan bases. It's, it's one and the same really. And Green Bay is the same way. Right. And so, you know, like you walk in, like, here in Buffalo, like I'll, especially now, right, with the Bills in the playoffs, like I'll walk, I'm at work and I'll walk in to get a slice of pizza somewhere. And like the interaction with the guy behind the counter is like, hey, what do you want? Pepperoni? Cool. How about them Bills, huh? And it's like, that doesn't happen in other places. Cause if you're in New York, you'd be like, yo, how about them Yankees, them Mets, them Rangers, then mm-hmm. Nets, them whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I, I made the joke about like bleeding red and blue, but I mean, that is kind of how it goes in Buffalo, but that's because that's the only option, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that makes it really unique, but I think that feeds into it of how like passionate it is. Yeah. I think yeah. we'd all agree that they're top, you know, top three, probably the w- one thing I just wanted to bring up that shocks me too, is like fan bases of teams that are terrible. So like the Browns this week, Browns, they finally yeah. had a win in the playoffs, you know, and the team, the people that have stuck by the Browns for that many years, you know, that's a great fan base. If you're able to actually stick by them and there's people actually caring about the Browns. So that surprises me that they have any fans, you know, like a team like the chargers, like, yeah, they're new ish, but they don't really have fans. Like they don't have a fan base. The Browns have a fan base, a legit fan base, you know, that's all an eerie area, you know? Um, and a team like that, that, you know, has been bad for so long and that is finally good. I definitely give props to those fan bases. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, some, some years it's like an abusive relationship. Like, no, they don't mean it. They'll, they'll get better. <laughs> they'll, they love me. They do. And uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, the, so uh, the bills finally got the win. Let's talk about the game itself a little bit. Uh, was it since 1995? Was that the last playoff win? Yeah. 95. Yeah. Frazier was two years old. Two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long time. We don't remember the last playoff win for the bills. Um, the last playoff game, what, so there was one last year. The one against the Jaguars was close a couple years ago, <laughs> but that was a joke of a game. Um, oh, but the Bills, yeah. you remember that one? I almost forgot about that one first. Yeah, like the Jaguars. What are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. they played against the Jaguars. So it was like ten to six, and yeah, Bortles won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, dude, we still stand. I still stand by Tyrod. He's yeah, a top thirty a quarterback. Tyrod podcast. I wouldn't yeah. come on otherwise. Oh, you're a pro Ty- Tyrod guy too. Oh, I love, I love Tyrod. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 We're and like the I, only I three. Felt, I felt so bad for him with the whole situation out West. Like he deserved another chance, I think. And he got totally screwed out of it, but he literally got shanked. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, I think like, you know, this is totally a tangent, but it, it's just ridiculous that like some of the people who get starting 
slots in the NFL. And then you have people like Tyrod who just get effed over and like are sitting on the bench, like, like the joke of a circus that's going on in Washington. Like how, like how are those dudes getting the ball and like Tyrod has to just sit on the bench and be mocked. Like it's crazy, but yeah, it's crazy. I guess. So back to the bills, the, it was not the easiest game. Um, it was a roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, the first quarter was scoreless. Uh, second, wait, that's a wrong game. Whoops. I, say, I, it's, I was like, that's not true. Yeah. I was like, I'm looking at the wrong game. It was okay. Yeah. We don't fact check here, but yeah, I no, I was looking at it. I was like, wait, that's the Steelers. Okay. So Colts bills, here we go. Um, seven, three in the first quarter. And then it ended at the half. It was 14 to 10, but it could have been much different. So yeah. do you want to talk about the, you know, the snare on the goal line? Uh, basically the Colts had it third and goal on the one yard line, get pushed back through more yards and then decide to go for it on the fourth and four from the, you know, uh, and go for the touchdown and they don't. And then everything flips. Josh Allen goes 96 yards and scores a touchdown. So Go through what you were thinking, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge momentum, um, like drive or two drives, however you want to consider it. I mean, there's the, you know, um, to backtrack a slight bit, like obviously as a, a Bills fan, like Frank Reich is a legend, you know, like, and um, a, a lot of like, probably from the national scene, he wouldn't be seen as that because obviously like somebody who's a little bit less versed in the Bills would be like, oh, it's Jim Kelly, right? Like he's a dude, but you know, Frank Reich and like, obviously I'm too young to have really seen him play and, and experienced that. But, you know, that's one of those legends that get passed down of like the, the stuff that he was able to do, like when Kelly was injured, you know, the comeback game, um, taking us through that, the playoffs that one year and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, and even though the Colts are a conference rival, you still, you still have some love for the guy and, you know, you wish them well and you like to see them succeed. Um, Cause you know, he, he means a lot to our fan base too. Um, but you know, but then when he comes into our place, like we got to kick ass. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm obviously, I'm glad to come away with the win, but like, I do feel for him seeing, uh, him kind of have those failures on those gambles. And, and that's, that's what really that, uh, fourth and goal comes down to, right. He took that gamble, you know, the looking at the very modern way, the analytics and the, the nerds upstairs telling him that, uh, you know, go for that on that fourth down. And obviously, you know, Bill's had a huge stop there, um, which is honestly something that the Bills D has been pretty strong at um, last couple of years. Like, you know, this, this season, they had some rough goes, especially in the first half of the season, our run defense isn't always the greatest, um, but goal line stands is something that, you know, we've been pretty strong at. I mean, you look at the, I believe it was last season, or maybe the year before when they, we played the Browns and we had the eight plays in a row, like within the five yard line um, had that goal line stand. Um, and then, and then this one, obviously, which is enormous because if the Colts score there, like that's the, the, the game could turn out totally different and the narrative totally changes, but a big stop there. And then that big boy March down the field by Josh Allen, um, that takes in a half strong, um, for sure. Yeah. That's how you want it. That's how you want to go in halftime. And that play was super close Had that fourth and four, the rivers had to drop back and he yeah. was flush out of the pocket a little bit. And he threw it kind of aloft and past the back left corner of the end zone. It was really, really close to being a score. I mean, it wasn't a catchable. I don't think you can blame the drop. Like, it's not really a drop. That was a almost impossible 
try to get his hands even on it. Um, Frage, in hindsight, you know, I know they didn't get it, but do you like the aggressiveness or do you think you got to just take your points and move along? Um, I mean, I think it's a case by case basis. I think against the Bills, who put up a lot of points all year and whose offense has been, you know, clicking for the most part, I think you kind of got to take your chance sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I always say that, you know, the quickest way to lose a game is kick field goals. It really is. You're, leave, you're leaving points on the board every time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I applaud the, you know, the aggressiveness, but I mean, there's a time and a place. I don't really like know exactly what I would say, but. Yeah. And you can't really account for Josh Allen going 96 yards. That was so that drive was incredible. He was doing so much on that drive. Gabe Davis had two catches for like 65 yards or something. Um, I, I didn't know too much about him until a couple of weeks ago. Watched a game with, with, you know, and saw him really shine. He is very impressive. But that drive from Allen, I, you know, just in general, that was a, a master class. That was showed what he came from two years ago to what he is today. That drive specifically. Yeah, and Gabe, Gabe Davis is awesome to, to give him some shine. I mean, he's a dude that in years past, like if you're like, if he's on like the 06 Bills or whatever, he's like a dude that we rolled with as like our number one guy for like way too many years, you know, like that type of dude who has like so many, like he just has the features, right? He's like six, a billion and yeah, like he's a huge. huge guy and just like, a, you know, really raw, right? And we, we had so many seasons where like, we just had a bunch of no-name raw dudes, but having him as like, legitimately are like on paper our fourth best wide receiver like that's something that hasn't happened in decades um and that's that's a really cool thing yeah the receiving core has gotten so much better so you have so it's Diggs, beasley davis and john, who would john brown john brown right when he's healthy yeah. i kind of forgot about him because he's right he's missed so much time available yeah. yeah no but that's a legit receiving core and i think that trade to get Diggs really helped and it you know did he score the touchdown? I forgot who he definitely scored a he, touchdown. He scored um, later. It wasn't that first one, right? He scored the big yeah, one. He scored the big um, one later. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, no, that was like that having that receiving core and you have to have that much offensive firepower to even do that. And they've shown it all season, but that was an awesome freaking drive. Uh, and Josh Allen, he's, you know, what do you think, Tyler? He's gotten so much better at in the past two years, what do you think he's really grown to be able to do as a quarterback that allowed him to do all they did last weekend? Yeah, I think, I think with him, it was just like, you know, I mean, we talked about a little bit ago about Tyrod and I think with him, it's been the story of a lot of different quarterbacks in Buffalo. It's just like, it wasn't the right time or place. It wasn't the right system. They couldn't put the right pieces together to, to have those guys be in a position to succeed. And I think with Josh, he finally got that chance. Um, you know, I think, Obviously, it's been said since he was drafted that he has all the pieces that he needed. It was just about fitting them the right way. And, you know, there's um, not too long ago, there's a really great article that came out that was interviewing, um, who is it? What's Palmer? Does, Jordan, right? Does the quarterback camp out in California? Sounds right. Is that correct? Yeah. Carter's yeah. brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how he worked with Josh a ton. And it was like, he just credited it to like, oh, it's just like changing, like, his mechanics and just like tweaking like his it literally comes down to like his hip fires a little bit earlier and and that like changes everything which i don't understand at all um just ask Dak prescott he's really good about the hip firing he'll tell you what that's all about (laughs) yeah sure well i'll take you i'll take your word for it um he's really good at that drill to turn his hips 
Yeah. I mean, you saw, you know, as like, uh, if you're watching every Bills game, you know, when Josh was like a rookie and stuff, I mean, he obviously had a cannon, uh, right? Like he could throw the ball out of the damn stadium. And so it was really just like reining it in a little bit and, and getting him to make the smart play and protect his body and, and not, you know, like a combination of like not playing hero ball, but also knowing when to play hero ball. Um, yeah. And I think he really, yeah, toned, toned the, that the- in. The thing that's so impressive with Allen, I, you know, I was watching the, the velocity that quarterbacks can throw the ball with. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league currently that are getting older and don't have the velocity. And you're like, this is taking forever. There's no chance. There's no chance it gets there. It's so slow. Allen throws it so freaking hard. He can beat corners, you know, to his guy. Yeah. Like he can throw right where it needs to be so much faster than anybody else. It's so impressive. But I think definitely what he's gotten better at is he's got a dial now. Right. And it's not all the way at 11. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't have to be at 11. It can be, it can be lower, you know, it can be at eight. It can be at six. He can loft it over some people. You've, you've seen him do that to a tight ends, you know, in weeks past. Was, oh, that first tight end touchdown. Was that to, Oh no, that was later again. That was the, the, the passing. Oh, no, that to, was the first one. That, that was, was the first, first one. Right. One. Okay. That was yeah, to Knox, the, right? uh, the like option. Where he's Holy running out to the side and, and gets his was, leg sticking out. Yeah. That was not an option. That was when, just pure luck. <laughs> he's just like, oh, you're was, open. Yuck. <laughs> I, when I was watching that play and I see him start to get tackled and then he starts to throw the ball, I mean, that was like vintage. Like Josh had made a couple mistakes like that, you know, like even in Houston, right? Where he mm-hmm. just like decided he was going to do something insane, like throw a lateral when he was like about to get hit or something. And like that happened. And I literally audibly was like, no. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, oh, wait. No, no, no. This is cool. <laughs> we this is new it. Josh we Allen. Fine. Yeah. So, Frage, what are your thoughts on uh, his progression as a quarterback? Um, I mean, yeah, he's just playing better. The offense around him's gotten better. Um, he has just the ability to make plays. Um, you know, when he gets flushed out of the pocket, they they use him really well in the running game. I think they used him really effectively. Would he have seven? Oh, he had eleven runs. You mm-hmm. know, for fifty yards. I mean, that just unlocks it. Back. I don't agree with that, but I think he's good. I think he adds a different element to the offense when he runs like that. He has a little Cam Newton in him. He's a big guy. You know, he gets a full head of steam and he's hard to take down. Um, But when he gets outside the pocket, he's also looking to, you know, throw the ball downfield and he has the arm power to do that. So, um, yeah, he's just, you know, understanding. I think it just takes people a little bit to develop. I think, you know, Tyler obviously knows a lot more about his hip flexing rotations and stuff like that. So I, I'll defer to him when it comes to the expertise. But uh, he is obviously cares about the game and, and is making a, you know, trying to get better. They got a great team around him, great coach. So, um, yeah, he's really exciting. Cool. All right, let's get into the second half. So the second half was not... It was, it was not easy. Like you're watching the game and you're like, will they just finish this freaking game? And I think one of the biggest moments of the second half was that fumble, you know, just, just, I mean, it's the biggest play of the game, right? Was it a fumble? Was it not a fumble? Um, you know, towards the end of the game, who was it? It was, uh, was it, uh, the, your, the, receiver? the Colts. Yeah. The Colts receiver. I got to look at some names. Um, was it Pittman it or Pascal? Wide, right? No, it was Pascal. Oh, it was yeah, Pascal. Yeah. yeah, it was Pascal. Yeah, uh, he comes across the field, catches it, and then he falls and doesn't get touched. Then Poyer, I think, knocks it out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and they review amazing play. The amazing play. Great job. Uh, but they rule it. They, they even review it. They rule it him down by contact, I guess. Uh, when I was listening to the radio on this call, uh, who's the, um, it was Tasker, color, right? The color guy. Yeah. He was go. He was absolutely irate. Absolutely irate. He's like, I can't believe they're going to make. It's like, dude, you are a professional, like calm down. Like you cannot sound like this as a professional on the radio. It is yeah. not acceptable behavior. It was crazy. I, I mean, I was obviously watching it on the TV, but somebody I know was listening to the radio and he yeah. said, I, I'm assuming it's the same broadcast, but if, if yeah. it is, that was Steve Tasker, who, you know, mind you, he is a radio professional, but he's also a past bill, right? And from that, those early 90s bills. So he's got a little, you know, a little bias, a little passion into the game. But yeah, I heard he was like going off. It was not normal. Like I've listened to a lot of different <laughs> radio broadcasts and there's always bias in local radio announcing is, is a tricky uh, business, um, say the least. But he, he was, that was not a normal amount of fire coming out of him. He was pissed. What do you guys think? What did you think it was a fumble? I, I thought it was a fumble I, straight up. Like it had to be, I don't know why it wasn't. In what world isn't that a fumble? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to say too, but I feel like I have to say that, but also like, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I think Poyer makes an amazing play. Like you see, I mean, you see it live, but especially so in the, in the slow-mo, you see him pull up, wait, let him get back up and go in it with the, like pure intent of ripping that ball out. Um, and obviously Milano is coming in to make a play too, which totally, you know, I think Pascal's a lot of his attention is forward on Milano. On, uh, yeah, Milano. So, um, you know, he doesn't see really Poyer making that play from behind him. And I, I think it was just an amazing play that he, he did masterfully well, but you know, it just is what it is. I mean, I think like, it, yeah, like there was definitely a lot of hate for that, but also if you look back to the first half, I mean, especially on those Gabe Davis um, catches, like the one was pretty mm-hmm. clear on replay that like he was in, but the other um, like toe drag I'm talking about was pretty clear. On the, the, right, the one, one on the right was, side. The, yeah, yeah. That one was yeah. really close. I think his right foot could have been out. Yeah, exactly. Especially with, the, with the white cleats. Um, I mean, if that was called out of bounds, that wouldn't have been overturned the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like th- there was not enough information on that one either way. So, I mean, I think we get lucky on a call there that pretty much directly leads to points. Like we still, it wouldn't have stopped the drive right there. But so, I mean, I think, you know, you can't just say, oh, the Bills got totally screwed by the refs here and they got lucky to get out of it because we, we benefited from that in the first half. So wow, you're such a rational person. That's like a ridiculous take to have from a bill, like a bills guy. That seems nuts it's only to me. because they won. <laughs> yeah that's probably true if you if if you lost you would be a, a cowboys fan with des saying it was a catch you'd be in the same boat as them <laughs> yeah just come in and, and scream and thanks guys i'll take an answer off the air <laughs> click yeah, yeah. click <laughs> no I, um, I that's that's totally true the only thing that i can think of the reason why so i think it was clearly a fumble right you know no part like the knee was clearly up he clearly wasn't touching him yet i think all of that is like unrefutable the only way that i could really disagree is if they said that he gave him up because in like Mm -hmm. the end of a game situation like that a slide you know they want to clock and get up and moving as quickly as possible so sometimes they'll call you know the receiver gave himself up um, but he stood up the, and tried to run further. So that, that doesn't hold weight to me. Like, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I agree. I'm just saying like, if that's the ration, because it doesn't matter if he got up and ran, like if the ref called it, 
right on the field then that's it mm-hmm. um and then that was the other thing i was thinking is like if the ref called it then like then that is it but that's the only i think other than that it was very clearly a fumble recovered by the bills did you see the play a couple i don't know if it was last week it was a couple weeks ago where receiver caught the ball, gave, like gave himself up, and or by just literally putting the ball on the ground, yeah. he just just got up and dropped the ball on the ground, like pushed it on the ground, and just walked to his next spot. And then the yeah. defense recovered it, and everyone was like, "What the hell just happened? Like, what do we do with this?" Yeah, see, I I think like I thought that was crazy because that one ended up getting called. Oh, he gave himself up. So well, because no he clearly gave the ball to the ground. I mean, it was like. Boom. But like, okay, to me though, how is that any different than you see those plays where like a dude busts out a run and is like, you know, showboating before he gets in the end zone and like doing his dance already and then drops the ball and on review, it's like he dropped it at the half yard line. How is that different? How is, cause those always get called fumbles, right? So how is that not giving himself up? Like, I don't, I don't really get it. Like the difference of dropping mm. the ball here three feet above True. the ground versus dropping it on the ground. Like, Maybe because he's maybe because he's like I think he slid and then put the ball on the ground. You know, like or he well he, he slid ca- for the catch, didn't he? He slid for the catch, yeah. I I don't know. To me, that's like a huge like gray area. Like I don't really see the difference between those two plays. It's but... definitely close. I definitely don't agree with you on that. Like, I do think if you put the way he put the ball on the ground was pretty demonstrably like, I'm done. This is where the ball goes. Go spot it. Whereas the guys that are showboating, they're never on the ground, right? They literally are not giving themselves up because they're still moving forward, right? Yeah. He, he wasn't moving forward anymore. His play was done, right? He didn't want to continue to do anything. The guys that are running the ball into the end zone but suck at carrying the ball into the end zone like Sean Jackson has, um, <laughs> they're still trying to go forward, right? They just lose the ball. Yeah, to me, it just feels like it's one of those things where you're asking them to arbitrate gray areas, like with the tuck rule bullshit, right? So, like, you Ooh, know, don't even. That's just not a pro tuck rule podcast. Oh yeah, shit, like, I forgot. Oakland yeah. fan, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah. that was. Um, but no, right, I mean, okay. like then, like obviously, you can draw really cut, clear cut examples of like that dude was on the ground, set the ball down, and then Deshaun Jackson is running forward. But like, I feel like there's something in the middle of those two where then mm. you're asking an official to say did he drop it or did he place it and that's just so, like in my we'll opinion if the ball leaves your damn hands and you haven't been touched yet like that's a fumble period and you shouldn't try to get into a position oh, where so you're you're in fumble camp not that they should be spotted at the half yard line correct i'm in fumble camp yeah I, i'm saying if you're gonna call that <laughs> one giving himself up how is the other one not i think they should all be fumbles <laughs> okay what about a quarterback who slides feet first well that's and- that's different though yeah, that's different. I guess that's, but that's a good point. I guess you're you're showing how my argument can be a gray area. But too. also, like I see Stefan Diggs does, do this constantly. He will instead of taking on contact, they got the first already. He'll just slide and be done. He does yeah, it well, especially all they did the that time. In Seventeen. He yeah. does it but all sliding. The time. In fact, is giving yourself up. Right. So then, if you let go of the ball, who cares? No, so it doesn't matter about dropping after, the ball after. Right. But you already gave yourself up. Right. That's right. true. So the giving yourself isn't so the it's move different. of putting the ball on the ground. Giving yourself yeah. is the slide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Giving yourself up with the, the play is over is when weird. you're. Yeah, because as soon never as you go it. down, the play is over, right? Because you're forward, per, like when you slide, when a quarterback slides, they're marked where the ball is at the beginning of their slide, right? So like the play doesn't end wherever their slide ends. The play ends wherever the slide begins. <laughs> I agree. Right? It be should dope. only be slide a fumble. Like 20 feet. <laughs> Just, it should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Then I guess I think it should be a fumble unless the ref had already called the play dead. Right. 
Okay. Or I'm you touched. It. Or if you touched. Or if you slide yeah. like a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Feet first. Yeah. Yeah. Until you got to wait for that whistle. Wait for the whistle. Yeah. You got to wait for the whistle. I think it is a fumble because it is a premature motion. It's a premature, like you're going out of your way to like get rid of the ball. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hold the on the game that. is still going on. You're actively getting rid of the ball. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm in fumble yeah. camp. <laughs> All right. Change the rules. <laughs> Somebody call it. Who, who's the uh, Tarico? Somebody call it Tarico and tell them we figured it out. <laughs> we figured out a lot of things in this podcast. Uh, one of the things, Fraser and I figured out is there needs to be microchips and sensors in the ball for the goal line. Yeah. There needs to be two sensors on the goal line in the pylons so you can figure out where the front of that goal line is. And if any part of that ball, there should, it should be, you know, 3D uh, rendered or whatever in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a nice with sensors. And science. when it touches the freaking dude, science. Yeah. And when it crosses the freaking goal line, we should know. It should have a button that goes off, you know, a little light. Boom. I couldn't agree more. They do this in soccer already. This is not a space age thing. They have chips in those balls that they know when it goes over the goal line. It's 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 a technology that exists. Why do we not have that in literally every sport mm-hmm. that has a goal? Right? Like hockey too. Why not? Why right? not? Why don't we have like how they know when someone's off sides? Right? Like, don't is they know? Huh? I don't know. Isn't there a way to like, don't they show like when someone's offside? Oh, I guess that's like after they show the lines and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you looked at, you're talking yellow line theory. I was like, I don't watch a lot of soccer, but I do remember that. And I remembered it incorrectly. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's human yeah, error no, in that, that. Those calls are, those calls are live. Yeah. But then they do, they have the VAR review now where they'll yeah. go back and check them and decide Which if it was. People hate by the way. But do that. Oh, okay. So VAR that's right what now. it was. Yeah, they should do that for first downs. That's what I was thinking of. Why don't they just do that for first downs already? We can clearly, mm. however they're filming it, just do the same shit for yeah, like can't, can, like controversial first downs. Like the yeah, because yeah. like the only thing I could say is that like it happens, you know, forty times. Yeah, no, no, so controversial down first downs. Like, why are we getting? Why well, are we hoping Larry is in correct position <laughs> on the sideline? Because <laughs> that's station C C triple C four. You know what I mean? Like, why are we just hoping random like video cameras are going to pick this shit up? Why isn't there something that I don't get? And the spot, yeah, I, the I do love the pylon cams. The pylon cam game changer more of that think more like that <laughs> yeah no i totally agree with you Frazier, though, because like you know you look back to a couple years ago and this has been like you know shot down by the nfl but there was that game where the ref brought out the index card you know why are we working with chains and index cards oh, yeah. out first down like what what year is this the chains like, is so stupid to me like the fact yeah. that that's even it's still a thing is it doesn't need to be a thing yeah, you're right. Because I was going to argue with Fraser that it'd be too much of a time killer to do that. But we literally have like these out of shape dudes jogging in carrying chains every time we have a controversial first down. So no, we're already wasting a ton of time. Yeah, let the camera, let the robots do it. Like, stop having people do it. Yeah, it's bizarre. And we've never, uh, I think, let them Sean know like- exactly where they stop. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can see the whole play. Why yeah. are we just like, oh, I think he got stopped at the, you know, whatever yard line? We can know for sure so yeah. easily but this is only on reviews lazy. right we're doing mostly yeah, on reviews, reviews. Okay. yeah well even if if you go back to our microchipping you know if you have mm. those those um what do they what do they call the things that the chains are on the big orange things is there a name for that you know what i'm talking about though. the sticks the big, yeah, i don't know it's sticks. The sticks. yeah the sticks yeah yeah if those have like a sensor on them and the ball has a microchip you know if it passes the line like instantly mm. you don't even have to review it 
right? That's like literally mm-hmm. you look over the guy on the sideline, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Even> <laughs> <it up>. yeah. <laughs> the thing's a light now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. like green light in them. Yeah. So the yeah. whole all the fans will know. That'll be yeah. sweet, actually. We solved it. Yeah. yeah, we figured it out. Sean McDermott is a big fan too of uh charge challenging a spot. Yeah. Like I feel like he challenges spot calls all the time and they never change a spot call. Ever. Yeah. You know what he does that I hate is the um, let's although it worked in the Colts game so I, I can eat my words on this is the let's go out there on fourth down and make them think we're going for it and hard oh. count and see if they'll jump dude that dude does that like three times a game every game and it drives me crazy and then it worked somehow in the playoffs but yeah people get tense yeah yeah it's crazy that we have all these reviews too and then we still get one wrong like that fumble like yeah that one looked very clear like more clear than I've seen a lot of stuff before. And the fact that we're still getting stuff wrong, is just a frustrate. It's just frustrating from a fan's perspective. It's almost like there should be like a poll where uh, all of America can, you know what I mean? That like, there's, I don't know. It's like, it's American definitely, that's definitely stuff. stupid, but you know what I mean? Like how, how do they decide that? You know, I don't know either way uh, moving on. So I guess, you know, the bills won, but Tyler, are you nervous about their chances in next week and in uh, you know their their path to Super Bowl glory? Well, I I definitely didn't want Baltimore. Let me put it that way. Um, I was really <laughs> hoping for like pretty much anybody else. But um, yeah, I mean it is what it is. You know, um, it, uh, you're gonna have to start beating te- good teams like if if you really want to make a run all the way. So whether you take them on in the divisional round or the conference championship, like, you know, it's going to have to happen eventually. So I would have liked to have gotten away with the Steelers again. That would have been a blast. I think everyone um, would have liked that. If yeah. Or fan. even I would have even taken the Titans to be honest, instead of the Ravens, but you know, it is what it is. So um, what makes you nervous about the Ravens? What do you think they do? Well, I, I think they're just, they're such a dynamic team. And with a lot of teams, like you kind of, I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that you know what you're going to get like week in and week out and like beating that is another story but you know what to expect and you can game plan around it. I think the Ravens are just like such an enigmatic team and like they kind of bring something different all the time. They're well coached. They have so much talent behind the ball and talent that's just like creative and can do fucking anything. Like Lamar Jackson is a beast. Um, That dude's impossible to stop. He can beat you a lot of different ways. So I'm a little nervous about that. Fraser, what are your thoughts on the matchup between the Ravens and the Bills? I think it's tough. I mean, the Ravens beat a Titans team who I think was okay. I, I think the Titans do one thing really well, and um, they weren't able to do that against the Ravens. The Ravens were putting, um, you know, eight, nine men in the box pretty much all night. And, you know, a lot of credit to the Ravens. Lamar really picked it up and and had a, an all-around great game. But um, I think the, the Bills stand a really good chance um, I think the Ravens, you, you know, probably have a high ceiling. Um, they they could, you know, kind of randomly beat any of these teams left, not randomly, but, you know, put a string together like uh, elite Joe Flacco on. And uh, but <clears throat> I don't think the Bills have have much to worry about. Hopefully um, the Ravens beat up on a lot of bad teams throughout the year. Uh, and the Bills are a, a legitimate good team if they can get third down stops, which I didn't, which I think they really struggled with against um, the Colts. But if they can do that, um, they're going to be really tough to beat. So I think the Ravens have uh, have their work cut out for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Fraser. I think the only way that the Ravens really win is if Lamar Jackson has one of those 
holy shit games. Like he has to pop off in this game for them to have a chance of winning. I think the Bills have too much firepower. I don't love the Ravens defense. They played well against the Titans, but they're pretty one dimensional. And I really think they, I don't know. I didn't like how they ran that game. There was a lot of passing um, and not as much Derrick Henry. I know Derrick Henry wasn't effective, but he really gets rolling later if you just keep sticking to the game plan. So yeah, I, uh, I think the bills can take it out on this one. Yeah. And I think, especially, you know, you mentioned the Ravens defense and I think, you know, a lot of people lauded Josh in the, uh, in the win over the Colts and he, he did have a great game, no doubt. But I mean, the bills in the regular season were the best team in the NFL on third down. I mean, the highest conversion rate. And I wish I knew what it was, but I don't. Yeah, I just that's great. I'm glad you knew that stat. Good job. And, uh, <laughs> and, but in the Colts game, they were two for nine. You know, and so I think that's like that's one of those reasons why it was such a uh, a close game down the stretch, mm-hmm. right? Because I think I, if I had to guess, I think their season average is probably in like the seventy five percent mark, somewhere like that, maybe eighty percent. So if you if you throw that into the Colts game, right, instead of going two for nine, you had them go six for nine or whatever, or seven for nine. I think that's a totally different game. I mean, that's that's five more drives that they're going to extend, um, and, and different stuff happens that becomes a lot more lopsided. So against the Ravens, I mean, you can't go two for nine on third down and put the ball back in Lamar Jackson's hands. Yeah, and their starting field position was one factor I don't think people realize is their starting field position for the Bills last game was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. They're starting from like the 10-yard line on average or something, or like the 15-yard line every series. So that was brutal. Yeah, so I think we're all probably going to go with the Bills on that one. Um, let's stay in the AFC. Let's go over to the Browns Chiefs real quick. Um Brown showed up really well against Steelers. The Steelers basically gave uh, the, the Browns the game. First play of the game, uh, the hike was yeeted behind uh, Roethlisberger's head. Um, and it was instead of kicking the ball out of bounds for two points, um, they gave him seven, basically. Uh, so after that, the Browns kind of took care of business. I loved what they did with uh, Hunt and Chubb. They played absolutely fantastic. Baker did a great job managing the game. They scored 48 points. The Steelers are a good defense. That's still a lot. You know, they 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 capitalized on the turnovers. Um, and they played well. Yeah. yeah. Pick six. And they had, so they had two defensive touchdowns, right? Um, but they play the Chiefs. Do you guys give them a chance at all against the Chiefs this week? I mean, I think I think the big thing with the Browns, like if it preseason, if you'd said, Oh, it's gonna be Browns Chiefs in the playoffs, you would have laughed about it and been like, Oh, so the Chiefs got two buys, like what like what? But I mean, the Browns won that game by a lot and the Steelers outgained them 550 to 400 yards or something like that. And they won by two scores. I mean, that's, that's impressive on the Browns, um, but like, especially to their defense, right? Credit to them. But also that kind of spells disaster for going up against the Chiefs because the, I don't think the Chiefs offense is going to be giving up stuff to the defense like, like the Steelers did at all. Yeah, I, I do think that the Browns do have some of the tools you need to succeed next week. And, the, you know, the main tool is, again, running the ball a lot. I think if they run the ball a lot, control the pace of play, that'll help. Uh, you know, if Miles Garrett is able to either, you know, pressure Mahomes or keep getting double teamed like he has been, that's really helpful. You know, you, your defense can play off that. So I think they have a chance of being the Chiefs. But I, I, I picked the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl last week, and I don't think there's really a reason to change that. Yep. No, there really isn't. Um, I don't think this the Steelers got exposed for the mediocre team that they are. Uh, yeah. They're just not a great football team. Um, the Browns 
put a great game together. Um, you know, they definitely got some early points on the boards, but um, they're they're in for a world of hurt <laughs> on, on Sunday. Uh, I, I yeah, they're in a world of hurt. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. We want to finish on the most exciting game, so I'm gonna go over to the NFC now, and we're gonna talk about the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, this game, I just the I just, the NFC South, I just don't care about. I don't know why. Like I know it's a you know last four games of the season, but I don't have high expectations for either of these teams. I don't love what the Saints have been doing, honestly. You know they're winning, but they're just okay. They beat the the Bears. The Bears are terrible. They have you know Mitch Trubisky. Um, that's all I needs to be said. Like that's sentence done. Moving they on. They barely beat the Bears. <laughs> Yeah, right. And it's just like, yeah, Michael Thomas is back, but you know, and I the think Bucks the Bucks barely beat the the, yeah. the football team. Like, yeah, you know, like I don't know. I think it's gonna be a joke. I think either of these teams they play. I think in the NFC, the Rams Packers is actually the most tough game for the Packers. Um, I think it, either of these teams could possibly lose to the Rams or the Packers. Like, I honestly didn't mind. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, the, the Bucks, I was not impressed. The Saints, I was not impressed. I guess if I had to pick a team, I'm going with the Bucks because you know I think is it is it home field for who's who's the home Saints. field? Saints. The Saints. So that doesn't matter, right? Because you know it's in it's a you Florida know, team. It's a Florida team playing so, in a dome. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, can they have fans at in New Orleans? It's Louisiana. Yeah, but it's inside. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) true. Okay. Yeah, good point. I guess it helps a little bit, but it's not the same. I actually don't know, but yeah, seems safe assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I like the Bucks a little bit. Just, I'd rather have Brady in this game. I think he looked pretty solid, honestly. The offense looked pretty good, but the defense was whatever. I mean, I think you're crazy to have gone through a Saints preview and you haven't said the two most important words, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, go ahead. Like, I mean, that dude is is a game breaker. Like, thank you, Alvin Kamara, for losing me my fantasy football championship. Oh, no. um, but like, you're with me, number two. Yeah, you know, if you could just score four touchdowns like a slightly normal human being, um, and not six like a god among men. Um, I mean, I think he's the difference in this game. I think uh, Brady and and. Uh, Breeze are going to pretty much bring the same thing to the table. And I think, I think the teams on paper are like pretty comparable, um, you know, piece to piece, like what they have, like, you know, uh, defense to defense and, and wide receiver one to wide receiver one. But I think Kamara is the person who this game rides on. Like if he has a outstanding day, I'm not saying he needs to score six touchdowns, but if he has like two and you know, a hundred and whatever yards, I think that's going to be the difference maker. Cool. So you're taking so it the sounds Saints. like you have the saints. Yeah. Oh yeah. Saints Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Fresh. Um, yeah, I think that the saints are probably better coached, um, as well. I think, you know, the, the bucks are well coached, but, um, I have a hard time just going against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I think Drew Brees is way more prone to choking. Um, I think, so I'm gonna, I'm going bucks just strictly for the Tom Brady effect. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Max. I think if either one of these teams, if, if the Packers advance and either one of these teams go up there, um, I, I like the Packers' chances. Cool. All right, let's go to the next game. 
Packers, Rams. Uh, the the Rams had to play last week. They beat the Seahawks, and I think in a, a very impressive fashion, in my opinion. They were pretty handily, you know, beating up the Seahawks. That defense for the Rams is absolutely no joke. I think Donald got injured though at the end of the game. I don't know what his status is currently. Um, but Ramsey was a freaking stud. He's gonna do. He's gonna give uh, the Packers all the fits they can handle. Um, and then I know Wolford got injured. I don't know what his status is for this week as well, but Goff came in and was like the better version of Goff, I guess. Like he was the, the best Jared Goff could be right. Broken thumb or not. Like that's all you can expect. He didn't turn the ball over and he threw it to his own team. Right. The week before he wasn't doing that. So that defense is legit. The Rams offense can manufacture some points. They scored 30 points just in general. I don't think, I don't know if there's, I think there was a def, there's one defensive touchdown at least. Um, but Hey, that's going to be a tough game. I think for the Packers. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but I think, you know, I think there's too much in their camp that's going the right way. Um, I mean, Rogers is playing lights out. Like, yeah, again, I'm here as a bills fan, but like he's, he would have my MVP vote, right? Like you have to give it to him. Dude's a monster. Um, and you know, Aaron Jones is running the ball great. And, and I think, uh, Devonte Adams is just like on another level this year. Plus it's a West coast team going to a cold stadium in January. Um, you know, if I, I, all the credit to the Rams, if you told me like just Rams Seahawks, the Rams starting quarterback ended up in the hospital, I would have been like, okay, so the Seahawks like destroyed them. Right. But no. And I mean, I think that speaks a lot to their, you know, to obviously, like you said, golf being the best version of themselves and also to what their defense is capable of specifically Aaron Donald. Um, but I think it's just like, I think it ends here for them. I think if, yeah. the Packers are just going to be too much for them to handle. Yeah. If you look up Jared Goff playing in like cold weather, um, it's not good. His two games in his NFL career when freezing temperatures, he was a combined total 34 of 72 for a whopping 47% completion rate for only 381 yards, which is not good. And then zero <laughs> touchdowns and five picks. So <laughs> Andy has a broken thumb. I would be more scared if Wolford comes back and is able to play against the Packers like on crutches. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with, with that team. Um, if Jalen Ramsey is your best defense against uh, um, Devontae Adams, good luck. Devontae Adams has been pretty much unguardable all season while healthy. Uh, if you look at his career against going up number one wider one number one cornerbacks, he has fared very well. And maybe some of that was due to his time with Jordy Nelson when some of those people are on him or, or whatever it may be. But he, the dude is an absolute beast. Um, I feel good about their chances. I feel a lot better if Aaron Donald stays injured. I think it, if there's any big vulnerability, it'd be the Packers O-line. They did just sign Jason Veltier from the Colts, which is funny. He is going to be the first NFL player to play on two different playoff teams in one year. Um, I didn't even know you were allowed to make wait, can he pass? moves because, at this point. Because he was signed to the practice squad before the season ended. He was never officially on the Colts. He was on the Colts oh. practice, so the Packers were able to sign him last week. That's crazy. I was wondering, or, as soon as the game COVID ended. Protocol? Like, I think it's a little 
more it's not as restricted because of the COVID rules. No, 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 no. I'm saying like oh. I think some of the stuff might have been changed because of COVID and oh. like having people on rosters and stuff like that. Um, but yes, be, because of some weird loophole, he was able to play for the Packers and he, he did, I think really well against the bills. Um, so if he comes in and spots for the Packers, I feel good about him, but that's the one area that I would be concerned is if Aaron Donald is healthy, him coming for Aaron Rodgers gives me nightmares. I just, every time Aaron Rodgers is going to get tackled, I just like, I'm like, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't go hurt. It <laughs> <coughs> Oh, seriously. Every time he like goes to get sacked or scrambled, I'm like, get down. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. I'm like, okay, God, thank, thank God. Thank God. He's and doing I would his just, deadlifts for age. He's, he's good this season. He's doing deadlifts. I've heard about it in the Pat McAfee. He's squatting. He's, he's squatting like 405. Dude, it's legit. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty jacked, but that's a lot of no, weight. It is a lot of weight, but he, you know, those collarbones are fragile. Once you snapped a couple, it's tough coming back from that. So you can't really uh, protect him either. There's no like collarbone no. pad. <laughs> no, it's trash. So <laughs> that's the only thing I'm worried about. I don't think the only other thing that gives me pause is the fact that um, Sean McVay is a really good coach and Matt LaFleur studied under him and was like a part of his staff. So that's like the only other thing that I'm a little weary of is LaFleur has had some really good game plans lately, but has also shown the inability to adapt. Uh, so those two things, are the only things I'm really worried about other than that, I, I feel like the Packers have pretty much every other thing covered. Yeah, and it's going to be cold. Yeah. I think especially with Donald, like he'd have to be missing a limb in order to miss this game. So, like, I don't think you stand a chance of saying, like, he's not going to be there. But, I mean, the best you can hope for is that he's a little bit limited, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I would hope for is lim- even him limited is still the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. His pressure rate, I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it must be just outrageous. He's yeah, where always- does, when does he have to so- fall to to not be the best player in the league? Like, a 65%? Like, where, where, did, where is the line where he's not still the most fearsome D-lineman? Those are two, I think, best defensemen and bestie line. Like, there's other good corners, right? There's other good safeties that's true, that's true. that are like, I think if he drops to like 85, there's guys that are close. Yeah. But defensive linemen, I mean, like 70%. Like, <laughs> like a 70% Aaron Donald is just an outrageous dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's TJ Watt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a 70% Donald is TJ Watt. Oh my gosh. That's crazy to think about, but probably not far off. That's probably not true at all. TJ Watt's a fucking beast, but <laughs> he's an animal too. Yeah. Uh, the whole Watt clan. All right. So let's do uh, Tyler. We I think we did our Super Bowl predictions, Frazier, last week. Frazier has Packers, Chiefs. I did. I went and Chiefs I, just because I, also, I don't. I don't want to root against the Bills. Packers, Bills. I don't. From what I remember, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to root against the Bills. I just want the Bills to succeed. So either Bills, Bucks, well, do or either. Packers. No, I'm doing either one. <laughs> Ugh. All right, Tyler. What about you? All right. So I, I told you before the show, I have a really hot take on Bill Super Bowl. Oh, they don't have and to know is, that though. <laughs> I know, but I'm gonna. I'm. I mean, come on. I gotta stand by my guns, and I'm probably sure. like. Man, if any Bills fan that knows me hears this, like, I'm going to never hear the end of it. But, like, this year, 
I don't want the Bills to win the Super Bowl, which is crazy, which is crazy. And like, it is such like a terrible thing for a Bills fan to say. And it is like taking such a gamble to assume that we're going to be able to like run it back next year. But like the city of Buffalo has like died for too long waiting for this. And if it happens during a fucking pandemic, like, like it's terrible. Like that is horrendous this city deserves like the greatest party that humanity has ever seen and that just can't happen this year it truly can't um that's, a, that's an interesting take i kind of like it and and so like i would and like honestly not just like for me like selfishly and for other fans but like the players also deserve that right like the players deserve to have like a parade and shit like that i mean them bringing home a title would be historic right there's no other franchise that's lost more Super Bowls. And also like, you know, we've gone, so it took us 25 years to win another playoff game before that. It took 18 years to get back into the playoffs or 19, whatever the hell it was, who, who even cares anymore. And it happened. Um, it, like it would, it would just be, it'd be the most built thing ever um, to win in a year where they can't like actually go out on the streets and celebrate. Um, but it would also suck. Um, so like for me, like as much as it pains me to say it, like us winning this week, and traveling to Kansas City and losing in just like an absolute like nail biter game to the Chiefs, like just like where Mahomes and Allen are just both studs out there, just like absolutely, you know, like a fucking shootout. Like, and that would be, that would be like ideal in this season. Um, just so they can come home, get a hero's welcome, like AFC championship game, like that's an amazing accomplishment. Like let's, you know, all the chips on the table, let's run it back next year and like make another push. Um, but like, that's, that's my super hot take about Bill's the Super Bowl. Um, so the game that I would like to see is also Chiefs Packers. Um, I think like, uh, as a Bill, as a lifelong Bill's fan, you always have to have an NFC team because you know, your team's not going to the playoffs. Um, so the Packers have always been mine actually. Um, mostly oh, because, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, like Aaron Rodgers is almost always my dude in fantasy. It's either him or Ross all the time. Um, and you know, I just, I've always liked him a lot. And really that's what it came down to. Um, usually it was uh, him as my AFC team. And then the Colts as my, or NFC, excuse me. And the Colts as my AFC playoff team. Cause I love Peyton too. Um, so those are like the two teams I cheered for when the bills were inevitably eliminated. Um, so, you know, I'd love to see Rogers get another title. Um, and I think, I think watching the chiefs is just fun. So that'd be a good Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking um, about it. I just want Rogers to be in, the like the championship game again i don't even care if he wins like he just needs that for his resume he is way too good to be featured in the super bowl only once it's criminal and i just want him to make it there again so like because i feel like he's starting to almost like get to the point where he's like underrated i know that he's gonna win the mvp this year and i know that he's had some down years but i feel like people don't even like talk about him as like one of the best court. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like not really talking to people or like from what I'm listening to, he doesn't, it doesn't seem that people view him that way. I listen to a fair amount of sports talk. So I guess that's where I'm basing my opinions on and not actual real conversations, but that's just kind of what I was thinking about the other day. I a hundred percent agree. And you know, part of, I definitely have bias as a Bills fan, but like for so long, it's just been a total media stroke fest over Tom Brady. And the whole time I'm sitting there like Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback period. Like when it comes down to it, like if you take, especially if you take rings out of the equation, like if you just take it, which I know it's like, you just can't do that, but cause that's unfair. But like, if you did, if you just put pure stats on the table, regular season, take a playoffs out of it, 
Rodgers is a much better quarterback, 100%. Watch him play. Rodgers is a much better quarterback. He's more mobile. He's more talented. He's just better. And and the fact that just because he only has one, you know, Super Bowl appearance means that he is an inferior quarterback, like, get the fuck out of here with that take. It's terrible. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I think he needs it 100%. And one of the big reasons he – I'll let you go. Sorry, Max. But he, like, people – he – People assume that he hasn't performed well in playoffs games, which is crazy because if you look at his stats in the playoffs, like he has played awesome. Our defense, the Packers defense have absolutely screwed him every single year where it requires these insane comebacks or for him to put up even his first playoff game against Arizona. He put up 40 something, 44 and lost. And barely touch the ball. It's just like shit like that drives me crazy. But go ahead, Max. Yeah, I just like the the thing that Todd brought up about the rings debate and drawing comparison to basketball and football. Basketball, the rings comparison makes more sense because there's only five people on a court at a time and your impact is so much greater. So you could have much more control over if you win a championship or not, right? In football, there's so many people on the field and you're only on the field, if possible, 50% of the time. So I don't think you should bring the brings debate in it as much as you do in a sport like basketball. So honestly, I'm going with, uh, I, I, th- I do agree. I think that, uh, you know, Rogers is better, more talented quarterback, a better quarterback, but he just doesn't have the titles, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And, and yes, Frazier. And also one more thing too, you said his defense failed him, but his freaking front office failed him. Tom Brady has thrown 76 touchdowns in his career to first-round draft picks. Rodgers threw his first one last season to Mercedes Lewis, or two seasons ago, whenever it was. Big dog. He's thrown four. That's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. So look at what he has around him. Like Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Yeah, he definitely has not gotten some of the support. I mean, it, exactly. You look at New England, and no New England hasn't done a great job at drafting talent and, and cultivating talent that way, but – they do take chances on people even you know a couple years ago when they got uh your boy max in new england yeah who'd they get on new england or news my boy (laughs) who's your boy no tell me i don't even remember i don't even remember they traded a first round draft pick for not Emmanuel Sanders, Muhammad Sanu, and he was terrible. Yeah, I knew he was terrible. I told you. And then Brandon Cooks, like they 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 traded to get Brandon Cooks to get Tom Brady. You know, they brought in Antonio Brown. They had like yes, I agree. Like the the Pats may not have done a great job drafting wide receivers, but they do a like build around and get talent that way. And, And the Packers have not done that for too long. They just thought the draft and develop method was the only way and they really needed a different front uh brian guten whatever his freaking name i don't know i can't pronounce it but he's been awesome he he's been the change that the packers needed his first thing he did was bring in the smith brothers um last year and that helped the defense out a lot and they're just headed in the right direction. This is like the best I've felt. And they're going to fucking lose now. I'm going to say all this shit and they're going to lose Saturday. I'm going to cry. But they, this is like the best I've felt about the Packers in a little bit from like a vibes standpoint. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point, Frazier. I mean, you know, and you don't have to go further than look at Randy Moss and what he was able to do in New England, right? Like it's, it's unreal. And if you look at anybody else that, you know, played in um, uh, Green Bay um, that that 
Rodgers had as a weapon, you know, you, there's a lot of great receivers, but I would argue that he made a lot of them great. Like you look at people like Jordy or Greg Jennings that went other places, like, and they did not perform like they did in, in, um, in Green Bay. So. Yeah. Jordy was washed, but yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Greg Jennings wasn't the player that he, you know, thought he was a great route runner, but he, he wasn't nearly as good as Rogers made him. Rogers made his players a, a lot better. And um, it's, it's pretty uh, obvious. <laughs> Yeah, think about like James Jones. He always had to throw him open. Or, like, he was never open. He just had good hands, right? Bro, so James Jones had like fourteen touchdowns one year. Yeah, off the street. You know what I mean? That's like I love James Jones. He's a great reporter for the Packers, but he literally came in like under. He came back to the the team and he led the team in touchdowns that year. He literally had I think he had. 14 touchdowns James Jones who couldn't make it onto another roster and the NFL had 14 touchdowns 14 that's crazy coming off the street like Vince Apalli <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got the trifecta here we're all kind of going with as our predictions the Chiefs and the Packers um Tyler we're gonna start wrapping this thing up is there anything you want to talk about before we uh, start signing off um I, I don't think so. Is should, there, we, is there should we call uh, Randall Cobb or Greg Jennings? <laughs> Speaking of ex-Packers. Oh, yeah. Is that is that who it is? It's Randall Cobb? I think it was I Randall Cobb. Reggie Cobb. Yeah. Reggie Cobb. <laughs> um, I think that maybe I, I might have both even, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, no, it is Randall Cobb. Yeah. Um, if we, we could try it if you want to. I don't even know what I would say. <laughs> um, hey, love yeah, your like kick return touchdown against the Saints. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you would have to be the one to do it because, like, because like you, if you're gonna call, him, you gotta like make it seem like it's a real interview, you know? And he just like his publicist. Oh didn't yeah, that's tell him. Should we just play it as an interview? <laughs> like that would be the way. Hey, to do I know it. I'm calling your personal phone number, and your agent didn't say anything about this, but. <laughs> You're being interviewed. <laughs> like that would, if, if you were to do it, like, I'm not saying like do it, but if you were to do it, that's the way you have to play it. Like, oh my God. Like, you're, like look up the name of his agent, right? And be like, yeah, they didn't tell you about this. Like, yeah, I've been talking to him for weeks about it. Like, I'm, this is for the, I'm gonna the have to pull up star all, or whatever. You sound like you're in sales too. It sounds like I'm going to have to do some deep prospecting right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have Tyler back out another time or something. I'll have yeah, to come up with a game plan, but we'll do an interview with them. We'll call them and we'll do a cold call interview. How's that sound? Dude, it'd be hilarious. Yeah. Yes, it would be very be. funny. I'll be prepared. Yeah, that's that's the way you gotta do because that's the only way it works. Cause if you don't, like if he jumps on and he's and you're like, yo, it's so and I love you, like he's just gonna hang up, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I can't so, do that. That yeah. would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to figure it out. Cass, you'll have to uh, Max, you'll have to figure out um like how to get the audio like pipes through, you know. Well, if you set up a Google number, you can record a Google number like yeah, immediately. There you go. There you go. There yeah, you got it. All right. Cool. Crank Yankers. All right. Thanks, Tyler Davis, for coming on the podcast. Uh, we've had two back to back Patreon subscribers on the podcast. Um, Johnny, so you, you're next. <laughs> Johnny, you're next. You're, you're coming. Uh, so, everyone who follows us on Patreon, subscribes on there, we really appreciate it. It really helps us out a lot. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast, Tyler. Hopefully, it's not the last time. Thank you to Zoom for making this possible. <laughs> Not a sponsor, just you'll have just to saying. you'll have to have us all on at one time. We'll have a big Patreon. Uh, oh hell yeah, Patreon fight companion where we all watch a game together. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> we all watch a football game together. 
Honestly, yeah, that would be funny. You do one of the do one of the uh, cup championships. It'd be funny. All right, we'll talk. Max, you're in charge. Uh, <laughs> of course, I, I will do no. It'll do none of this. But Max, I'm down <laughs> if you set it up. <laughs> yeah, Max, go figure everything out for me, and I'll show up. Sounds good. I will show up 100%. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. All right. Also, so, follow us on all social media channels, The Masters of Mediocrity. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good night. Peace. Peace.